theyeshiva.net. Morning, everybody. When I was a yeshiva bach in yeshiva, so my yeshiva, there was a legend. And the legend was about a particular bach who learned in yeshiva with a name. And they said that his dedication to learning, his asmada, his diligence and consistency was so powerful that even on the day of his own wedding, he came to yeshiva like a regular bach the day that he was getting married. And in the afternoon, he went over to the principal and he asked permission if he can go to his wedding. He said he's getting married. He has a kala waiting. Uh, it's the time for it. So he asked permission to leave yeshiva and go to his own wedding, whatever, two o'clock, three o'clock, whatever it is. So it was a legend. I didn't know if it's true or not true, but it was a geshmaka maisa. Then we had a shear early in the morning uh, for a few years. And there was uh, somebody who used to come every day. His name is Yehuda Nadolf. And he got married. And he showed up on the day of his wedding. He showed up 5.30 in the morning to learn Gemara. And then we learned the Kototayra. We daven the day of his wedding. So that's all the chassan himself. But today we even have the, the, the a bigger chiddush. And that's the father of a kala getting married today coming to the shir. That's a much bigger chiddush. Because the chassan and kala themselves, it's stressful. But you know how it is. Somebody else ultimately is taking care of it. But here we have even the father of the kala coming to the shir on the day of the chassanah. So that's an even greater uh, inspiration. Huh? The Bezriel. The Bezriel angle. His daughter getting married tonight. Shatayvo Motzlachas. Okay. Well, I thought i Huh? The Zayda has a wedding. Well, what do you want? Zayda Fashtayich. There's a lot going on today. Okay. But the truth is, he has his priorities straight. Sometimes the day of a simcha, people run around like a chicken without a head. Huh? Or they do a lot of stuff. But the best preparation is uh, to learn chsidus. Okay, welcome. Mazel Tov. B'Sha Tovo Motzlachas. Abinyan Adeyad. Everybody marry off their children. B'Sha Tovo Motzlachas. You don't have to come to the Shia that day. I wanted to text him yesterday that he's exempt. I was thinking to text him that we won't, uh, we won't check him off. Uh, but then I thought, what, what if he wants to come? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna mix in. <laughs> Yeah, then I thought, what if, uh, what should I try mixing? He wants to come? Okay. Fresh is on for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, the mitzvah tans. This is bells. This is not as if he ends litvaks. In litvaks, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, you're in bed. The chsidim, 5, 6 in the morning, as soon as I push it. Okay, let's continue. And welcome everybody else. Everybody else too. <laughs> 84, right? 84. 
the Maimah and the Mekoshesh, Mekoshesh Eitz. So, the Balatanya quoted the Zoya, Las Pulchina, Kapulchina, the Rechimusa, there's no Avoida like the Avoida of love, not just Avoida with love, to do whatever you're doing with a feeling of affection, but the love itself, the Avoida of experiencing Ava, that itself is a great Avoida, and Moshe Rabbeinu teaches it to the Jewish people, when he tells them at the end of his life in Parshas Nitzavim, La'aves Hashem alakecha ki hu chayecha. He gives a reason. To love Hashem because He is your life. And the Balatanya explains that when a person becomes aware, thinks about, meditates deeply about how he loves the life of his soul, how he loves his life, his own life, and will do anything, usually, at least to tremendous amounts of things, and go beyond the limit in order to preserve that life, to protect that life, as explained in the previous shir. So even though he says you have to be zich mizbainen, what if to be, you have to meditate about it? Doesn't everybody know about, know this? The answer is like we explained, that sometimes something could be very, very true, but it's not at the surface of my consciousness, and I could behave contrary to it. So I told you, every, every normal person will tell you the most precious thing in their, in their life is their children, for example. But yet it could be, and you'll say in your job, that, 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 that's secondary. <laughs> that's secondary. It's not even so relevant. But day to day life, you look how much time they dedicate for this, how much time they dedicate for this, doesn't actually, actually, it doesn't display this truth. Because it's, it's an MS, and in a time, it's not that, not they're lying. We're not talking about a person who's lying. They're not lying. In a time of when there's a crisis or when there's a special moment, it comes out. The same is true about a person's own life. They'll say it's the most precious thing. What's more precious than, than your life? What's more precious than your health? If I give you priorities, making money, spending time in the office, doing this, being that, being that, being that, health will come first. Because health is, is everything. Health is life, right? Now you'll ask a person, how much time do you spend a day doing this and promoting that which is your greatest priority? Sometimes it's contrary to that. That's why the Balatani says, there always has to be a Yisbainanus. Yisbainanus means to become aware, consciously, of what you truly care like, of what you, of what you truly feel, what your conviction is, even not in a time of danger, even not in a time of crisis, even not in a time when everything is crystallized in a sharp and acute fashion. So that's why he uses the word, there has to be a Yisbainanus. When a person realizes this, and then he realizes step two, that what is this chius in him that he or she cherishes? What is this life? So he says, Hashem, that is the chay of Shebekirboi. That's chay of mamish. It's not an exaggeration. There's God somewhere in the heavens, and then God sends forth life. That is life. Life is divine. Divine is life. It equals life. It's, 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 like I gave the example of, of, of electricity. <laughs> that is life. And, and each life is an aspect of the divine. It's a manifestation of the divine. Right? I thought that metaphor is, is a, uh, not a perfect metaphor, but a good metaphor. Electricity is channeled in the world through so many different vehicles. Right now through a, a microphone. And then through an air condition that's hopefully going to work today, and through a digital clock, and through a video camera, and what else is here going on here? And everybody's phone, and your laptop, 
and light, electricity, and, 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 and endless mechanisms and what we call kalim, utensils, that manifest electricity. Is all electricity summed up by the vessels that manifest them? No. But each of them is an aspect of, is an aspect of it. And when we're unplugged, the electricity doesn't die. It, re- it reverts back to the source of electricity. When we're plugged in, it channels the electricity through this particular vessel. Every life is an aspect of the divine. So those are very important words. We look at God, we have to retrain ourselves. The word God is not something distinct, you know. Someone who sits on a throne in some particular place and distributes cotton candy sometimes and pretzels at other times and other times something else. But as he puts it, who atzmai, who yizbarach, who atzmai hachiyus shabakirboi, of mamish. That is the life that I love, the life that I cherish. What is it? What am I? What is this I? The body is manifesting, is expressing, is actualizing. I and you and you and you and us and all of us are an aspect of the divine, like everything in the world that's alive. All life is divine. So Moshe says, La'avas Hashem alakecha, ki hu chayecha. You'll realize you love it already. If you understand who you are and how you are, you love God. This is the life of all the universes. The difference, of course, between us and electricity is that electricity, (laughs) the refrigerator will never function in a way that's contrary (laughs) to its, its own design, its own purpose. And every machine that works by electricity, as long as the electricity is coming in and the flow is fine, it's going to, unless it's broken, of course, the Kaylee is broken, the computer is broken, the phone is broken, it's going to facilitate that which it's supposed to facilitate. With a human being, there's an element of consciousness where I can choose or not realize and become alienated from that flow of electricity, from who I am, from that very life that is me, that is my true self. That's why Moshe says, he says, to love with all your soul. What does it mean with all your soul? So he says it doesn't just mean with all, with all your soul. It means, with all aspects of your soul. The, the, the electricity of a soul, let's call it electricity, that vivifies the body is not one dimension. It has many faculties. Just when it comes to food and digestion, there's the ability to be able to uh, distribute the nutrients, to nurture, n- n- nourish a person. The part of the body that rejects that which doesn't belong in the body, it evacuates. The body takes a piece of food. Digestion starts right away when you put it into your mouth. The saliva on the tongue is there already to begin digestion. It's fascinating. And then the body has to distinguish. This goes to the bloodstream. This fuels another part of the body. This piece of food has no hope. The body says there's nothing here for me or for us. It's time to reject it. That's doicha. Ma'akel 
is digestive. It's just diff- so many different aspects of, and we, and it's all part of life. So, Bechol Navshechem, he says, love God with all your soul. All aspects of your soul are all divine. Every Nekudah of Chiyus, every Nekudah of life, every system in the body, they're like, they speak about nine systems in the organism, right? Nine systems in our biology that all are working in symmetry all the time in a healthy organism. Each one of those systems are alive. There's full life there. Every one of that, every one of those systems that's filled with life is divine. It's, it's an aspect of divine energy. That's what it is. So he says, Bechol Navshechem with all your soul, meaning with all aspects of your soul. And all of it we cherish. It's my life. It's your life. And, and you love it, and you'll do anything to hold on to it, to preserve it. What is it? So usually people say, why? So they'll say, because life has so many good things, has so many blessings. You're living in a beautiful home, and you're living in a beautiful community, and you have a beautiful family, and you would love this about life, and soon is July 4th, so it's vacation season, etc. But we know that a person will sometimes spend years in difficult circumstances, and not have luxuries and comfort. Sometimes in a hospital or whatever, Khalila, because they'll hold on to life, what people will do to prolong their life. So when it really comes to it, there's something essential. I love life. Yeah, the way we look at it is, this one loves ice cream, and this one loves this aspect, this one loves But beyond that, a person still loves it, even if it's taken away. What is it? The most pnimious of it, the real truth of it is, it's really a love of the divine. It's a love of that, that's what it is. It's the nekuda of life. What is the nekuda of life? He says it's hu yizbarech mamash, it's chayev mamash. V'chein benefesh asichli. This is even the digestive power, the digestive system. The doich is on makal. If you go higher, the nefesh, the element of seichel, how many aspects, it's so many aspects to the mind, to the brain, it's all alive. A hundred billion neurons or more firing away every nanosecond. All alive. For this love to become entrenched in a person's heart, a person can understand it, but for it to become kavua, kavua means permanent. It requires work. It requires great toil. It requires great yegiyah, effort. To able, to be able to think about this. His is to meditate on it, to, to indulge your mind in it. With your mayach, with your, with your mind, machshafta, with your thought. Why? It seems like it's not it's not a remote Indian that's so abstract for Kert. It's talking about what every person has. But as I said, sometimes the truest things are relegated. We just take it for granted. Sometimes what you love most, you don't even realize you love most until it's taken away from you, until it's too late. It happens all the time. People invest their lives in things that seem very important that seem urgent. They always make a distinction between things that are urgent and things that are important. They're very different, you know? The phone rings. It's urgent. If I don't answer, I'm going to miss it. But is it important? (laughs) 
it's some telecommunication center or some company that wants me to change uh, how many calls do you get a day to change your uh, your gas and electric yeah or whatever the call is but but sometimes a, it's a call you're not allowed to ignore it <laughs> you're sitting with your child it's not urgent i could sit with my child tomorrow i could sit next year i could sit in 10 years doesn't seem urgent the child is there waiting for me but it's important so it's very easy in life to have what's called hesachadas. You're not conscientiously aware. You're not prioritizing what is important, what is very important. What are the key ingredients that you'll fight for? It's there and it'll come out at some point. But day to day, I ignore it. You know the old anecdote about the professor, the teacher who comes into the classroom and he takes a, a big glass bottle a very big one, and he fills it up with rocks, big rocks, you know, more significant size, all the way to the top. Mom is filled to the top. He asks the students, is there any place for anything else? They say, no, it's filled. So then he takes pebbles, you know, little rocks. <laughs> and sure enough, this place for the little pebbles, because of all of the spaces and crevices, fills it up to the top. So students, any place for anything else? They say, absolutely not. He brings earth, <laughs> soil, earth, and he puts it in, and of course it fills up to the top, and now you can't even get in. The earth is to the top. Any place for anything else? No, no, no. Sure, absolutely. He brings water, <laughs> cup of water, and fills it up with water till the top, this place for the water. So uh, he turns to the students and he says, what's the lesson in life of what I just did? So one of them said, you can always squeeze in something else. You know, I have no time. I have no time. You can squeeze it in. You have time. There's, there's always empty space. He says, okay, but I'm going to tell you a better lesson. And that is, start off filling up that bottle with the most important big stuff. <laughs> with the most important big stuff. Then you'll find space for the small stuff. Because if you start with the small stuff, if you could have started with the other stuff, with the earth, and filled it up to the top, you're not going to have time for anything else. So make sure that your essentials, the big significant stuff are there. Make sure it's there. Then you'll already be able to fill in more stuff. right? But very often it's the other way around. People fill it up with earth, they fill it up with water, and now I can't put anything else. And once the water, the earth is to the top, you put in the rocks, the water is going out. It's one or the other. So these are things that need his us. A person really has to meditate and become aware of it. So that's the avoider that it takes. It takes toil. The name for this love is called avas oilam. Avas oilam. Why oilam? Oilam, we say in the morning, nusach svard, avas oilam ahavtanu. Some say ahavarabe. By my rivoso, there's avas oilam, avarab. Some say one in the morning, one in the evening. What's avas oilam? There's avarab and avas oilam. Avas oilam means eternal. Oilam, like forever. Oilam vod, right? Forever. But avas oilam also comes from the word world. Oilam is a world. So he says it's called avas oilam, chinis mamalakalalman kanaida. This is what's also called mamalakalalman, which means he fills the worlds. What's this Ava based on? It's a love of the world. 
Avas Oilam means I love the world. I love life. Why do I love God? Because I love life. And life equals Hashem. Hashem equals life. Not that life captures all of Hashem. Just like the electricity in my refrigerator is not all the electricity in the world. But it's an aspect of it. The whole Oilam. What is Oilam? Memalik Alman. What's Memalik Alman? I don't want, when you hear these words, don't look at it as abstract, you know, uh, irrelevant words. What's Memalakalaman? Malakalaman means Hashem fills the world. What does it mean he fills the worlds? It means that every nekuda of life in me, in you, in everything, what is it? It's divine. Memalakalaman. So Avas Oilam is a love of the world. It's a love of life. It's a love of the universe. It's a love of the cosmos. And it's a love that extends to every organism, to every creature, to every aspect in the universe. Because everything is an expression of the divine energy. Everything. There's no, not an akuda in the world, in the universe, in the person. A blade of grass, and a, and a heartbeat, and a singular cell, and a single neuron, and tissue, and nerve cell, and bone, and limb, and organ, that's filled with life, and expresses life that is not an aspect of mamalikalam, malikalam, fills the worlds. Fills the worlds means that is the essence of everything in the universe. That's why it's called avas oilam. Not just eternal love, but it's ava of the world, of the truth of the world, the truth of the universe. You said the other day, um, the Magid Mentions had a paychan. Oh. Aretz kinyanecha. We say it every morning in chakras. The earth is filled with your acquisitions. Literally, it means you own everything. It's like you'll say, you know, this guy owns everything in this neighborhood, right? All these houses are his. You know, like Forshe here. The whole earth is filled with your acquisitions, meaning you're kind of everything. The Magitaj. The earth is filled with things through which we can be you, Kaina, through which we can acquire you. You're the boss. You're the big boss. The world is filled with things. And filled means wherever you go, it's there. There's always, everything in the world is something through which through which we can be you, we can acquire you, we can build a relationship with you. When you look at the Pnimius of it, when you look at the Korvet, the Mezichamagat, Atayichunah Mezichamagat, Malah Ha'aretz Kinyanecha. That's the concept of Perik Shira, right? There's the famous Perik Shira, the, the song that all the animal, every animal sings and every bird sings and reptiles sing. If you go, if you wake up early in the morning, the birds over here have a symphony, celebrity of I don't know on your block, but I know on my block, the birds are mamish for an hour. They don't stop. It's how long shakras they have. Nobody's in a rush. And then they're done. Then they go to work. You gotta go find food build the nest, there's a lot to do, a lot to do during the day. They also have weddings to take care of. But uh, but the singing in the mornings, what's the Perikshid express? The Perikshid is expressing that when you see that frog <laughs> crowing, and you that chicken and that rooster, and the elephant and the deer, it's, it's the divine electricity being manifested. But over there it's programmed. There's no pchir, it's just part of the program, it's part of the natural symphony. And then by the person, there's an avoida to be able to become aware of this. This is avas oilam. V'lachain. He begedr gvul. Now the balatanya, you would think 
that this is pretty good, right? <laughs> to have this Ava Soilam, it's a pretty powerful relationship. But of course, for the Altarebbe, this is uh, step one. <laughs> the Nikuda of a Jew is even deeper, huh? Yeah. Relate more to Gashmis than Ruchnius? No, it's the, it's the Ruchnius in every Gashmis. The Avas Oilam is the Ruchni in the Gashmi. That's what he's saying. He's, his Lashon is, That's Mamalik Kalalma. Mamalik Kalalma means that everything is Ruchnius. Everything is Ruchnius. And the truth is, as I always say, this is cutting-edge science, this is cutting-edge physics, because today everybody knows, if you take a microscope and you look at any physical item, what looks at the surface as just dead matter is anything but that. It used to be, you looked at a world, this looked like, a, what is this table? Dead matter, what is it? Used to be part of a tree, male, it had life. But today we know, if you have micros, if you use a microscope, you have microscopic eyes, there's not a single individual item, physical item, that is not filled with a whole inner universe that is not visible to our eye. Not millions of atoms, and not billions of atoms, and not trillions of atoms, and not zillions of atoms. But beyond, beyond, beyond. <laughs> and each one functioning in this perfect symmetry and harmony, revolving, electrons revolving around a nucleus, and if you go even deeper, there's, there's molecules, there's atoms, there's subatomic particles, sub-subatomic particles. At some point, you have to cross the border from the physical and the tangible to the spiritual. Or to put it in different words, most of an object, most of an atom is empty space. More than 99% of it is empty space. Our eyes don't pick that up. Our eyes fill the gap. We don't like empty spaces. We like uh, things, right? It's hard. We don't like iron. We like yesh. But most of it is empty space. Most of it. Our eyes look at it as solid. What is that empty space? That's the Dvar Hashem. That's the place of the divine energy that is behind all of it. So the deeper you go, the more you discover the muhus, the essence of life, on every level is the divine. So Moshe says, La'avas Hashem alakecha ki hu chayecha. This is your life. It's not separate. You already have the deepest relationship. You don't have to connect to God. You are God. You are an aspect of divine energy. It's not like you have to build a relationship. Everything about you, your truth, is divine energy. You don't need to build a relationship and align yourself. You have to be conscious of how connected you are. Not just connected. You are it. You're an aspect of it. It's more than connected. This is Avas Oilam. Because of this, this love is defined as Gvul. It's finite. And it's seen as a spatial love, meaning it has a place, a space. Because this love is based on your space, your space in the space of the universe. It can also seize. A person can also lose it as his heart turns. As we explained, that it, it requires a tremendous yigiya, a tremendous avoida. A person has to be aware of the love of their life, that of how much they love their life. They have to be aware of what that life is. Sometimes 
people's hearts turn, you know, you grow apathetic or indifferent or or angry or lazy or we call it in English not in the mood, huh? Cynical, yeah, yeah. You grow cynical at your own life, you grow cynical. It's like a form of, of despair, like a depression takes over. You know, you just, you just don't care. The heart can turn away. Then there's something else. This is Bechal Nafshecha. What did we say is Bechal Nafshecha? With you, all the aspects of your life. The soul is a metaphor for life, for the electricity that you live. So with all aspects of your soul, love him because he is all the aspects of your soul. That is your soul. What do you think your soul is? That is your soul. That's Bechal Nafshecha. Love him with all aspects of your soul because you love your soul in all aspects and that's him. Then there's something called Bechal Moedecha. Bechal Avavcha, Bechal Nafshecha, Bechal Moedecha, something else. The word Moed means very, very much. Like Toiv Moed. Toiv Moed Moed. You know, very, very, very. He Avabligvul. This is an infinite love, Umida. It's without a measurement. It's without a Midah. The first Ava by definition is an Ava of Gvul. It's the love of the world. It's the love of the self in a deep way, in a real way. There's a second love that's beyond measurement. Ve'en lehefsek. It also never has an interruption. The Chol Mokayim Shenemar Ma'oid Hu Bli Hefsek Oilamas. Wherever you will find the word Ma'oid, it's something that will never ever get interrupted. Because it's not based on consciousness. That which is based on consciousness, on awareness. My awareness can shift constantly. I need to constantly work on it. But there's another type of love. What does ma'id mean? Ma'id, he says, It can never get interrupted. What is this? Ah. This ava doesn't come from Memale, it comes from Soiviv. This is the Avas Hashem, Kihu Chayecha. Because He is my life, and I love my life. A normal person loves life. And the, your love to your children, which may even be deeper than your own love, is because you love your life. And in your child, you see more of you than in yourself. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's how it is. People will do for their children that which we don't do for themselves. It's like if it comes to me, okay, yeah, your child, you'll fight for. But it's not a stranger. It's really because you see yourself and your child more than in you. The Gemara says, the Balatanya teaches, that itself that the power of the child is deeper than the father is also from the father. Yafe Kayechaben is also me Kayechav. Not just Yafe Kayechaben, me Kayechav, the Kayech of the child is greater, is, is you, Yafe is more powerful. Yes, it's more powerful, but that itself is me Kayechav from the Father. In other words, the child articulates in a concrete way a part of you that you see in the child much more than in yourself. Just like if you want to know who you really are, ask your children. They will tell you about your subconscious. <laughs> If you want to know who you are on a conscious level, you can ask your mother-in-law. If you want to know who you are on a subconscious level, 
who you really are, listen to two children speaking about you. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> listen to how your eight-year-old <laughs> yeah, analyzes you. Or they have observations that are very, very deep. You know, and they don't get a, they're not affected by uh, nepotism or by other agendas. So our ch- children often articulate a part of ourselves that's deeper than ourselves. It's it, it's the etzim of a person. That's why you, so many parents will have so much mysterious nefesh for their children. So there's an ava of memalik There's an ava of sevav kalam. The ava of memalik kalam is the ava that comes from the fact that he fills the world. In other words, I love life. It's avas oilam. Bechol nafshecha. All aspects of your soul. Because all aspects of your soul are him. Sometimes money is infinite, huh? The Mishnah says two interpretations. Your possessions. But then the, the Mishnah gives a second interpretation in Brachas. The Mishnah itself in Brachas gives every experience in life, every midah, but here the focus is on actually the word, ma'oid. The word ma'oid means, ma'oid is not a noun, right? You could say, shulchan gadol ma'oid. Adam asher ma'oid. Toiv ma'oid. Whatever you're talking about, ma'oid just means over the top. Wherever you are, it's more. That's the concept of ma'oid. Very. So in the English awkward translation it would mean, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your veriness. <laughs> now I know that's not a word. With all your veriness. Like with an akuda that goes beyond. Ma'oid. Above. Above. You know the extra mile. Sometimes that's expressed in money. People's relationship with money. But that's a separate issue. What's this ava that we're talking about? The second ava. comes from seven. And that's why it could never be interrupted. It could never have a hefsek. It's not avas oilam, this is avarab. It stems from a place that we call soiviv. Soiviv literally means surrounds, encompasses all the worlds. And it stems from a place that we say, everything in his presence. This is an expression from Daniel. Everything, kame means in his presence. Kiloi Chashev doesn't occupy separate significance. Meaning, the life force of all the world's highest and lowest. In other words, all the universes. Our world, our universe, our planet, and the whole cosmos, and all of the universes. Because our universe is simply one aspect of so many different worlds, which are called Elyonim and Tachtoinim, higher and lower. The life of everything that we explain, this is called Mamale, it's his life. It's always defined as that which comes from the breath of his mouth. Tehillim, I think it's chapter 33, we say it Shabbos morning. You remember the Pasuk? Heavens were created through God's word and through the breath of his mouth. All of Tzva Hashemayim, everything. In other words, we're describing the universe as Ruach Piv, the breath of his mouth. Now, obviously, it's a metaphor. What does it mean, the breath of his mouth? 
I know I can emit breath. You emit breath. <sighs> it's your breath. So you're saying, Kol Tzavam is Ruach Piv. Huh? CO2. CO2. Oh, oh, CO2. That's what you mean. Huh? That's what you mean. CO2, yes, yeah, CO2. So take a person, a physical person, Lamash, Ruach Piv, as you say, the CO2, the Ruach, the breath of his mouth, it comes out and it's communicated from what you would call your innards. Toichius is that which is inside. Pnimius is that which is internal. It comes to But nobody's going to say that this constitutes the core of the human. Doesn't affect at all a change in one's essence between the time prior to the word or the breath emerging or before. You could call it like a ray, an extension of light. The essence of the person is not transformed and metamorphosized when that breath is still contained inside of me, when those words are still inside my system, and when I get it out. It's not like I lost my essence. My essence just emerged. It's, it's part of me. It comes from me. It's an important part of me. Every breath is valuable. Every word has power and dignity. But you can't say that the essence was transformed between the time when the word was inside of the system and now the word came out of the system. Kach, this is a metaphor. That when we describe creation, we use the words dibur. Bidvar Hashem, Biruach Piv, the breath of his mouth. Why? Why does the Torah always use that euphemism? God speaks the world. Right? Through ten utterances. That's always the favorite um, metaphor that's employed in describing creation. Speech. Or sometimes not even speech, breath. There's a difference between Dibur and Hevel. Of course, all speech contains breath. But speech is already the way the breath is articulated in letters. And then there's the hevel. Just the hevel, the breath. Vayipach ba'ap of nishmas chayim is already blowing. So he says, The life of all the worlds, the highest and the low, higher and the lower ones, Einei eleziv. This is very deep. The word, the chiyus of all the worlds, the highest and the lowest, what are they? It's ruach piv. It's a ziv. It's like a ray. It's a hispashtus. It's an extension of light, which comes from the light of the infinite one, blessed be he, and infuses and enters into all of the universes to vivify them, to give them vitality. Each universe according to its capacity, and each creature and being in that universe according to its capacity. That's why it's called Beruach Piv. Does it come from your inside? Of course it comes from your inside. Does it change a person's atzmius? No, it doesn't capture the essence. It's an energy. It's a life that's an extension 
of a person's inside. Well, what is it? It's a dibur, it's a heva that emerges. First it was inside of me, and now it comes out so you can benefit from it. You can hear it now. Now you understand the ramifications of this metaphor. When you have a, um, a live person, they have life in them, and then when that person passes away, then they're, they're no, the shama or the fetus goes away from the body. Is the body what's left over? Does it still have this fetus uh, that... Well, listen, even a corpse, even a rock has chiyus. Darizal says that even a rock has a soul. Always. So certainly a body, even after the soul leaves, it has it has its own chiyus of a kuf itself. Even a doimim has chiyus. There's the special life that comes from the soul. That's like the electricity we're talking about. You understand? But everything, even inanimate matter, earth has chiyus. A rock has chiyus. So let's understand. Huh? What's the difference when a tree is connected to It's a whole different level of life. When a tree is alive, the life is visible. It changes colors, it's growing, it produces. A dead tree, it's still something that exists. But it's a different category, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lifeless. But lifeless doesn't mean it doesn't have a life. It just means the level of life is a different level and much less visible. That's why this we call doimim, tsoimeyach, chai medaber. A tree is alive, an animal is alive, but you can't compare. In an animal, you see emotion. In an animal, right, people develop deep relationships with some of their pets. Huh? I mean, there are tree huggers too. But it's, it's a different display of life in terms of intelligence, in terms of emotion, in terms of connection. It's a, it's a balchai, a living animal. But everything that exists, even the most physical thing that seems lifeless, it's a corpse, it also has a chiyus. And Tanya brings in Shara Yichud Ve'amunah that Arizal says that even avonim, offer emayim, yeshbahem nefesh. Everything has a soul. Today they speak about, you know, that that trees may have emotions and all these things, and everything has a life force and so forth. The result says everything has a soul. And it's ultimately rooted in the Dvar Hashem, in the breath of the divine. The Gemara says in Menachas, Choftes, Behei Nivra Elam Haza. The whole Elam Haza is a hey. 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 Elam Hab is Ayud. Ayud, that's what the Gemara says in Menachas. Choftes. Elam Haza is a hey. And, and, and Elam Hab is Ayud. What's the metaphor? The breath is inside of me. Even before I bring it out, it's inside. But at that moment, at that time, the breath is not noticeable as a separate thing. The words are not separate. They're completely contained inside of me. When I speak, what am I articulating? I'm articulating a message that you can hear. I'm speaking to you. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Is anybody going to say that from one word that a person says, you can capture his whole essence? (laughs) It's very difficult. Imagine you write a biography about somebody, and I say, oh, you know him? No. <laughs> so how do you write your biography? I heard him say one word. <laughs> what do you know about that? What do you know from that? Did the word come from him? Yeah. Is it possible that after you know him, you'll see in that word everything? Maybe. Maybe not. But that word, it's important. A person says a word. But this is what you're going to call... 
It's an expression. It's a ziv. It's a ha'ara. It's like the ray of the sun comes into a room. Yeah? And you'll write a whole paper on the sun based on the ray. The ray comes from the sun. It's a very important reflection of the sun. We're thankful for the rays of the sun. You're sitting in your home. The window is open. And the sun is shining through the window. And it's brightening your home. That comes from the sun. But does that ray summarize and capture the core of solar energy? Of course not. The solar core transcends that singular ray of light. Who knows by how much. The ray of light is a reflection. That's what a ziv is. A ziv is a ray. A ha'ara, a shine, an upshine. But it doesn't capture the atzmiyas, the essence of it. And thank God, because if the solar core would come into my house, I would be toast. Right? It would have a good toast for breakfast. So we are thankful for the distance <laughs> of the sun. And it's it's fascinating, by the way, the position of the sun. You know, it's not too far, so we don't freeze. And it's not too close, so we're not scorched, we're not burnt and become toast. It's mamish, a perfect position. It's one of the extraordinary phenomena. This perfect position to be, you know, people take all these things for granted. <laughs> And some say it's just a random error, just randomly, just mamish luck. The sun could have been a little further, a little closer, kaput. There'd be no life. Life wouldn't be possible. It's that perfect position, and the sun never had a bad day. It never turned into a bad mood and said, today, we're doing it differently. Echapela. <laughs> these are not pushing to things. So the ray of the sun captures the sun, no question. Is there anything to the ray that doesn't come from the sun? No. But can you define the sun by the ray? You take a cup, you fill it up from the Atlantic Ocean, right? And you say, here's the Atlantic Ocean. Does it come from the Atlantic Ocean? Absolutely. But can I define the Atlantic Ocean by this uh, cup of water? (laughs) The grandeur, the majesty, the... The properties, the depth. I can taste the water and I'll know something about the Atlantic Ocean, no question. It's a genuine expression. So you say, a person speaks. You know, what I speak comes from me. They say, Chachem Mau Oimer. So there's a taich. Chachem Mau Oimer. Whatever you are, you say. People express themselves through speech, even if they don't know. Rasha Mau Oimer. What you are, you say. It's a reflection, it's a ray. Even a breath comes from me. But to say that the breath captures in a revealed way, in a revealed way. There's a deeper element, but in a revealed way, it captures the essence. It's, it's a restricted, it's a restricted, focused energy that is intended to the audience. And that's what a speech is. A speech is, I, that's why it's hard for people to communicate verbally. Why? Because you have to articulate what your audience has to hear. When somebody just gets up and, and says, you know, let me just express myself. And often it'll be mumbo jumbo. Nobody knows what they're talking about. You have to really take, take the sun and find the ray that suits the crowd and articulate it all in that 
in a very limited way. And that's what God's speech means. The speech was there before, the whole world was there before. Where was the world before? The world is divine energy, it was all there. But it's like your breath inside of you. It's contained inside of you. The whole universe is divine breath, it was all there before, my breath is inside of me. What's creation? Creation is God concretizes the breath in a way that we can experience existence. That's what creation is. The breath, the breath was there before, the, the word was there before, but completely contained in the essence. So there's the love that comes from the speech, the dibur, the breath of life, which is our breath of life. That breath of life connects to our breath of life. And then there's a different ahava. There's the ahava that's rooted in the essence. Okay, we'll continue Be'ezer Hashem tomorrow. Hatzloch Rabbit, everybody. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.